You're listening to a sermon from Pasco Vale Church of Christ. To hear more of our teaching or to find out about the church, please visit our website, pvcc.org.au. Very good morning, Pascoville Church. Warm welcome to all of you today, and we welcome those of our friends who may be listening to the message online as well. We hope that you'll get to meet you in person someday in the near future. And it's great to see so many faces here today. Now, for those who are following with us, you know that we are currently on the Visions of Glory series based on the book of Ezekiel. And we're nearing the end of the messages of the hope for Israel. So today's message is number six in the seven-part series of the book of Ezekiel. And we hope that the messages have challenged you so far and that you are able to take a critical look into your own journey in Jesus Christ. Now the book of Ezekiel was written some two and a half thousand years ago, yet it is as relevant then as it is relevant to us today. This to me demonstrates that the glory of God transcends time and we can continue to put our hope in his promises as we journey in our faith. As always, let us bow our heads in prayer now and ask God to give us a year to hear and ask the Lord to tell us what he wants to say to us today through his scriptures. So let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you that we have a roof over our head, a place together, and a place to hear your word exposed and help us, Lord Father, to have a year to hear what you're going to say today. May the meditation of our hearts and the words that we speak be wholly acceptable to you. In Jesus' most precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Now reading today's passage reminds me of an apocalyptic, many a, an apocalyptic movie. One in particular is I Am Legend with starring Will Smith. It was a movie about a virus you know, that spreads through the human race which resulted in death of humankind and the dead turning into zombies. Hmm, sounds familiar. We just had a similar situation, didn't we? Just that we're not zombies yet. Everybody was dead, only Will Smith's character was alive. This was because somehow he had an immunity to that virus. He was also a military virologist, and he was determined to find a cure to the virus. After many years, unfortunately, everyone just died, and he was the only sole survivor. The movie opens with the scene of him walking all by himself, hunting for food in a post-apocalyptic San Francisco with death surrounding him, and all he had was the company of a little dog. Now, can you imagine one day when you wake up, everyone around you are all dead? Can you imagine that? And somehow, you're the only person alive. What a depressing feeling that must be. It seems almost meaningless to stay alive, yet you still breathe. This must be how Ezekiel felt when he was shown the vision by the Spirit of God. Now in verse 1 and 2, the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. Now friends, having been locked up in your homes during the COVID season, you probably can appreciate being let out to feel the sun on your backs and the winds in your face. 
I'm not sure you do much hiking or nature walks, but walking through a valley is often a nice experience because we got the shade of the trees, the lovely rolling hills in the background, a cool breeze, and often you hear the trickle of a cool stream running alongside, isn't it? The beauty of the foliage is a pleasure to your eyes. And the abundance of life is often found here because it's a source of water for many animals. But what Ezekiel saw, what Ezekiel saw was not that serene view in that picture that we have on the screen, but rather a stark picture of death. Stark picture of death. It was full of bones. And he led me around amongst them. And behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley. And behold, they were very dry. Now the image described in the passage reminds me of the killing fields of Cambodia, where over 2 million people were murdered by the Pol Pot regime in a valley much like the picture you see on the screen. If you were to travel there today, you might still actually find some human bones of those who have been murdered there. It was a horrific scene. Bones of the dead everywhere. Men, women, children, young, old, rich, poor. All dead. Everyone dead. There was nothing left of them but bones. Dry bones. Now whilst this was a valley, there was perhaps no... Well, this was a valley. There was perhaps also no river there or stream as well. Hence, the bones were dry. As we all know, the water is a sustaining element of life. Without it, life itself will cease to exist. Friends, as you know, Jesus is often described as living water. And John 7, 38 writes, Whoever believes in me, as scripture hath said, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. Without the life-sustaining living water, without Jesus, we would be as them dry bones in that valley described by Ezekiel. Dry and very much dead. Why show Ezekiel this horrible vision? What was the Spirit of the Lord wanting to tell Ezekiel? I believe the first of it is this, that sin leads to death. Sin leads to death. It was a, it was a depressing sight, looking over the valley full of bones. It was disheartening to see death all around. But what is worse is that these bones were not of strangers he never knew or that of his enemy. These bones were the bones of his people, his loved ones. These were people he probably knew. These were the bones that belonged to the house of Israel. Chapter 37, 11 writes, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, thy said, our bones are dried up, 
and our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Now imagine that you walked out of your home and all you saw were bones or death all around you. Your neighbour, bones. At the shopping mall, bones. At your workplace, bones. Bones, bones and more bones everywhere you turn. Friends, whilst this vision is meant to be symbolic, is also the reality that confronts us today. Death is all around us, and if we do not see the need to bring the living water to those whom we care about, dry bones is what they will become eventually. The bones symbolized Israel's heading to a spiritual death. An eternity cut off from God. These bones are also relevant to us as it symbolizes our society today. Our neighbors, the people we meet on the street, in our workplaces, our colleagues, and shopping malls. All these people who do not know Jesus are all heading to destruction and an eternity. Cut off from God. The dry bones is hopeless. It is cut off from God. There is no salvation for them. Only judgment. Our sin leads to only one place. Our death. Now when God created us, he only gave us one commandment. Do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in that day that you are all day that at the day that you eat of it, you surely you shall surely die. Now every plant in the garden of Eden was given to man for food, and it was good. But as we in our foolishness fall for the serpent's lies and want to be as God. And thus, either the forbidden tree, we are then condemned. Whilst we are often focused on that tree that caused the fall of mankind, we often neglect that there was another tree, another tree in the Garden of Eden, which we were free to consume. And that, my friends, was the tree of life. We chose death as opposed to life. We chose rebellion as opposed to obedience. Sadly, people tend towards rebellion rather than a relationship with our all-loving, all-sustaining Creator. Everything that God has commanded, the people see as ridiculous. Just look at what's happening in our society today. Just look at what's happening in the news recently. Where just because one stands up for their faith, they get ridiculed. They get condemned. Friends, our sins have consequences. And we know that it is death. God has told us from the beginning, but as often as we quote Romans 6, 23, we, we need to remember that there is also, also a second part in that verse. 
And that is the free gift of, of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Despite all the depressing and all the disheartening vision, God is still very much in control and always offers a man a way out of our situation. God in, the verse, God in verse 3 asks Ezekiel a very illogical question. Son of man, can these bones live? Son of man, can these bones live? Now friends, the fact that these bones were dry suggests to us that the bones to whom they belong were dead a very long time ago. Their hearts were dead already. These people were totally and utterly dead, separated from life itself. There was not an ounce of life in them or even the remotest possibility of these bones ever coming back to life. So why God? Why would God ask Ezekiel such an unusual question? How can the dead live? How is that possible? A logical mind cannot and will not comprehend how the dead can come back to life, nor how bones can become whole again. There was simply no way. There is no way that we who are dead can come back to life unless God wills it so, my friends. Ezekiel obviously had no answer for God. But in his obedience, he knows that whilst he does not have the answer, he knew that one person did. Through his faith. And that was God. And that God had the answer. And was about to tell him. Oh Lord God. You know. Only you know. How the bones can live. He knew the question was a rhetorical one. And he knew that only God. Could make something as dead as dry bones. Come back to life. Then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus said the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you and skin and put breath in you and you shall live. And you shall know that I am the Lord. Now, for those who are not familiar, sinews just means tissue. I heard the word of the Lord and decided to pay the cemetery a visit. Don't no one find that interesting? Well, it's not going to work, is it? Well, in essence, this is what God is asking Ezekiel to do, isn't it? He's basically saying, Ezekiel, prophesy over these bones and say to them, come back to life. But notice the strength of Ezekiel's faith. Without doubt, without question, he prophesied as he commanded. And as he prophesied, there was a sound. And behold, a rattling and bones came together, bone to its bone, and looked. And behold, there were sinews on them, and flesh came upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Now friends, if something did happen, if I did as Ezekiel did, 
I can assure you, I ain't singing them bows and dry bows. I'll be the first one running, running in that particular direction, away from what's happening. But credit to Ezekiel for seeing the prophecy true. Our bones, my friends, are the foundations of our bodies. But just because we have bones and flesh and skin does not mean that we are alive, is it? A cadaver, a corpse has bones and flesh and skin. But it's still not alive, is it? Until there's breath in them, they are considered, then they are considered to be alive. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus said the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on this slain that they may live. So I prophesied and as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet. An exceedingly great army. Now friends, whilst we lament and are depressed with the sight of so much spiritual death all around us, whilst we are upset that so many people do not see Christ and Jesus as their Lord and Savior, God shows us, God shows us from this passage how we can make a difference and where we can fit in into his grand plan to redeem his people. Notice that God did not command the bones directly or the breath directly to come together, but rather he used Ezekiel, Ezekiel to prophesy over the bones and call on the breath. Whilst the people in the world around us may be spiritually dead, and even to the extent we feel that nothing we can do can bring them back to life, God commands us to preach the word of God to them. God wants us to tell them of the gospel, even though they do not want to hear. Hearing the word of God is the first step of making a difference in the life of someone who is spiritually dead. It's the foundations for the non-believer's faith. As we speak the word of God to the spiritually dead, we are joining the bones of the body together as Ezekiel did. We are causing the sinews to form, the flesh and skin to cover the body. That is why whenever I shared with the outreach team in Cross Culture in the past, I always remember, remind them that the street outreach is about setting the stage for God. It was not a conversion exercise. Our goal is not to convert people there and there, but is to prepare the heart of the person who are about to hear the gospel. Yes, great. Sometimes we have on-the-street confessions and conversions. That's great. But we don't expect that. And we cannot force people to believe in Jesus. It is the thing that the Holy Spirit does. It is the thing that God does. We are about the messenger. We are merely setting the bone structure and flesh and skin in place to await God to bring new life into this people. Our role as a disciple is to share the gospel with them. Tell them of your spiritual journey. Share with others your personal testimony. 
This will prepare the heart vessel to receive the life-giving breath of God when he comes. Friends, like the dry bones coming together and the sinews and the flesh forming, our speaking of the God's word is preparing the heart of the hearer. We are removing the heart of a stone and giving the hearer a heart of flesh so that God can put his spirit in them. Friends, if we truly care about people, we need to talk to people about God. But just as important, we need to talk to God about people. We need to pray for them. We not only need to share God's word with people, we need to pray for those who we care about and ask God to give them a heart of flesh and to ask God to breathe His living breath life-giving breath into their lives. Charles Spurgeon, a theologian and preacher, said, all the preaching in the universe will be no use without prayer. All preaching in the world is no use without prayer. There's no point in me telling you all these things. But if we don't pray, for our community. We don't pray for our loved ones who do not know Christ. If we don't pray for that stranger that we met on the bus or the train or anywhere, it's of no use, even if we share the gospel with them. Friends, them dry bones was a representation of Israel's sinfulness and destruction, also ushered in a new generation of believers, of believers from the four winds. God's plan of redemption was not limited to the Jews alone. God's plan of redemption was for the four corners of the earth. North, south, east and west. Everywhere. Every nation. Every tribe. Every tongue. There will be many who will remain spiritually dead. And continue to choose to be that way. But God will raise his army from all the peoples of the earth. People from different ethnicities tribe, skin color, and tongue. Heaven is going to be a multi-racial place full of diversity. But we will be as one, one united family. All precious, all redeemed by Jesus Christ our Lord and our Savior. Friends, we will all have a sure hope. The sure hope of the resurrection. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own, head, own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken, and I will do it, declares the Lord. While well, sins have consequences, and there's nothing we can do to save us from the impending death, God's glory is revealed to Jesus Christ. That he restores us back to life. 
life in eternity with God. It's not from our own strength. Because he said in that verse, so that you know that I am the Lord. That you know that it is from me. It's not your own strength that caused you to come to be redeemed. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. This is God's promise to you. In conclusion, God, through this passage, while sowing the spiritual death of Israel, is also showing the vastness of the spiritual death all around us. This vision of the valley of bones should swell in us and an urgency to prophesy the word of God over the dry bones. Today's passage should also remind us that no matter how spiritually dead our families might be, our friends, our colleagues, our acquaintances may seem, it is still not too late for them. God can still bring them back to life. As he did them dry bones. But we have the role to play as Ezekiel did. To be obediently prophesying over them. To speak to God's word to them. And to pray and intercede for them. Friends, as the Father sent Jesus to us. So is Jesus sending us and commanding us. To, be the prof- to prophesy over these dry bones. Some people might say, but why? Why couldn't God just make everyone believe? Wouldn't that be simple? Why couldn't he just do that? Friends, if God forced us all to believe in him, it is not love. Is it? It's tyranny. It's authoritarian. It is not true love. Love is sacrifice. And whilst God desires a relationship with us, God does everything He can to bring us back to relationship with Him. He even sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for your sins and mine, so that we have a hope. He is also, also patiently waiting for all of us to change our hearts, even though He knows that some will not. But true love means that God will stay with you and by you right through to the very end. He is always waiting. He is always loving. He desires us to turn from our rebellion and to return to Him. Friends, God loves you And he loves his people. We who have received this love should tell others about Jesus. We who are redeemed should also pray to God about others. That God will breathe his life-giving breath into them dry bones. 
friends, like the virologist in the movie I Am Legend, whilst we may be depressed that we are only the only one alive at the moment, and everyone around us appear to be spiritually dead, do not lose hope. Do not lose hope because God's glory can still be revealed even through us. The virologist did find a cure in the end, just as we have the cure in Jesus Christ. You want to make the world a better place? You do not want to be confronted with spiritual death of those around us? Then let's get out there. Let's get out there and make sure people hear the word of the Lord through your personal testimony, through your experiences, through your life. And more importantly, let's pray for them. Pray for them that the Lord will breathe His life, giving breath into your heart that you have prepared. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. And we thank you that you died on the cross for our sins. We are indeed not worthy to receive that grace, that mercy for our ultimate judgment and punishment should be death. But yet, but yet, you're not done with us. You're not done with us. You send your only son, Jesus Christ, to die on that cross so that we have a hope, a chance of survival, a chance to be coheres with you in heaven. What a privilege. What mercy you receive. Let us appreciate what you've given us today. And help us, dear Lord, to share that privilege, that grace, that mercy, that love with someone else who has yet to receive that life-giving breath from you. Lord, challenge us. Correct us. Train us in your ways so that the world may hear and know that you are the one true God. In Jesus' most precious and holy name we pray. Amen.